0: We thank you for the testimony of Dean and Crystal's life and Jeremiah mm-hmm. and all that they represent and symbolize and exude. Mm. Um, Lord, you said that out of our bellies, out of our innermost being, will flow rivers of living water. Mm. Let that happen today. Let the rivers of living water flow upon us today. Thank you, Lord, for the, the washing of the water in the Word. Thank you. Let it wash us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's be seated. Thank you. I, I truly am um, grateful and honored to be with you again. I was so blessed the last time I was here, very warm and loving group of people you have here. What I see when I look at you is, is the image of God. I see it through the kids just, that just ran out of the room. I see it through the men and the women that are gathered together. And it, it's, it's a beautiful picture of the Lord incarnate, Christ incarnate. The incarnational reality that Christ is with us, within us, revealing himself to us through the good of the other. You see it in the faces. You see it in the, in the specific unique genders and um, I really want to talk about how how the Lord has has purposed to reveal Himself through His creation. Amen. As as you know, if you did hear my story the last time I was here, you know that um, I I was pretty pretty confused for a while, and um, was really looking to find resolve and security as a man in pursuit of other men I was looking to figure out who I was in pursuit of other men like myself the problem with that is in embracing another me there wasn't a complementarity that was happening there was there was just more of me and if you ask my wife or most people who know me well that more of me is not the answer um, it takes the good of the other to help show me the good of who I am, help to, to bless and to reaffirm and to acknowledge the good of the difference that I bring to the whole. And when you think about femininity and masculinity as, as two parts of the whole, you see a beautiful picture of, of the Trinity, don't you? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I think it's important that we look at the reality of, of both feminine and masculine. I want to give you just a couple examples of of the two so you can get a picture of how they really do bring a fullness. When you think of feminine, you think of the capacity to to be, to be at peace, to be at rest. When you think of the masculine, you think of the ability to do, to take action. Femininity brings the capacity to trust. It's responsive, receptive, open, yielded, to long for relationship with God and for others. Masculine would be more about the ability to lead, to initiate, and to pursue relationship. The masculine is is focused on the end, whereas the feminine would be more in tune to the means to that end. Feminine, of course, is grace and beauty and tenderness, where masculinity is power, strength, and courage. Femininity is the heart's way of knowing, the capacity to intuit, to perceive, to sense, imagine, Masculinity would be more analytical, more the, the head's way of knowing, the ability to form cognitive, analytical thought. And as I've mentioned already, femininity seeks to know and discover through the good of relationship, whereas masculinity is more um, more interested in, in perhaps the about relationship. They don't really focus a whole lot on how to get there. They just want to know that it's there. Amen? And that it's good. So I've, I've seen this play out beautifully in, in my own relationship with my wife. And I've seen it play out in relationship to, to female colleagues that I, that I work with, that I partner with, with other relationships. Um, and, and all the while... I'm drawn towards how, as a man standing with a woman, I convey the the fullness and the wholeness of the image of God. And this is always most profoundly realized when I I can acknowledge and and take hold of the truth that it's the Spirit revealing himself through us. So I, I love that passage from... From Colossians 1 1, that we read this morning that we, we look at his son and we see the God who cannot be seen we look at his son and see God's original purpose in everything created for everything absolutely everything above and below visible and invisible rank after rank after rank of angels everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him He was there before any of it came into existence and holds it all together right up to this moment. And when it comes to the church, he organizes and holds it together like a head does a body. He was supreme in the beginning and leading the resurrection parade, he is supreme in the end. I love the picture in Genesis where it really shows the created intent of man and woman. Of course, we see it in Genesis 1 when God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and the cattle over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image, In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. God said that it was good. For this reason... God said, Behold, I have given you every plant and every tree which has fruit. It shall be food for you. And every beast and every bird of the sky and everything that moves which has life, I have given every green plant for food. God saw that he had made all that he had made, and behold, it was good. And then... If you notice, he 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 goes down the list and he he creates all these things, you know, and and everything that he makes is good. But then, what's the first thing that that he says is not good? It's not good to be alone. And that reminds us that we are created for relationship. We are created with a longing that that ultimately draws us back to our Creator, and that posture of worship and. And, and he, he reveals himself again through the other, and so we're drawn ultimately to our creator, but we're also drawn to the, to, to the other. We're drawn to relationship. We need the good of that relationship. You know, oftentimes it would be so much easier to just stay home, not have to talk to anybody, that's the thing about the Midwest, you know. We coming from California, one of the hardest transitions for me about the Midwest culture is when you go to the, the you go to the the checkout, right? They they won't start checking out your groceries until you've had a few minutes of chit chat. And I it's like I don't want to chit chat. I just want to get out of the store. You know? Can we just get busy here and quit the pleasantries? Um, But but what we we also find is is just the beauty of, of, of relating to one another, of working it out with one another. I think probably why I don't don't naturally I'm not drawn towards relationship is because in relationship I see in contrast to those that I'm in relationship with, I see my flaws. I see the places where I need the good of the other. And as a guy, you know, in my masculinity, I, I, don't, I don't always like to be without. I don't like to be less than. I don't like to be imperfect, you know. And so I, 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 I try to avoid opportunities to learn how imperfect I am as a man. But, but through, again, the grace of the Spirit working through me, and my obedience to his, to his leading, I can embrace the good of my relationships. I can forsake my, my own desires, my own natural inclination to, to isolate, to hide, to stay hidden, and I can, I, can, I, can bra- I can break into those relationships. And I can find wholeness, and I can find life, and I can find grace and mercy, and I can find strength, and I find the image of God revealed through the fullness of the two. I know when I was in in, in pursuit of woman, um, you know I was I was my wife and I were dating, and um, we'd get in little little fights, and I I would I would begin to you know it's like I never I never gotten fights like that with men. The men I was in a relationship with, they never wanted to talk about it. <laughs> Ad nauseum. <laughs> um, they didn't have to understand, you know, at the very core of, of existence what was going on in my heart. Um, and I used to just think, man, it would be so much easier if, if you know, I could just work this out with a guy. But then what I discovered is in choosing to work it out with crystal, it brought so much more depth and understanding and completion to the, to the depths of my heart. And I saw the beauty of how God uses the good of the other. And I saw um, just the perfect created intent that the Lord had purposed. And it's it, it takes it takes it takes some work, it takes a lot of humility, it takes a lot of of, of love, and um, you reap a lot of of, of love and life and, and just the beauty of, of the completion that that comes. As we acknowledge the authority that we have. As men and as women, authority that we have in relationship together, authority that we have in and of ourselves as, as men, as women. Um, we always have to go back to the truth that the authority that we have comes from the Spirit within us. And it's the Spirit within us working itself out through us within our relationships that is the basis of our authority. We, we know that, that we are, are made in the likeness of Christ. How many of you know that you are made in the likeness of Christ? Why would God entrust such a high call to us as feeble men and women? Why, why cast this magnitude of such love upon mere creatures? The call to love in the image of God causes us to cast ourselves entirely upon God. We can't do it without Him. God forbid we should do it without Him because it's only through Him and through His Spirit that we're able to stand. No matter how broken we are, How many of you feel broken? How many of you feel inadequate? How many of you feel like, you know, God have mercy, let me get through this day? (laughs) No matter how broken we are, we seek union with Jesus Christ and we'll discover that the deepest and the most real possibilities of our true personhood come forth as God makes a way for his wounded image bearers. What he intended for us in creation, he redeems and he realizes as we offer ourselves to him. And he's with us each step of the way. He he lives within us. He empowers us. He inspires us. It truly is the incarnational reality of the spirit within us. Christ in me, the hope of glory. The enfleshed God, Christ in us, makes holy the flesh of men. You need to to, to reconcile the truth that it's the spirit within you making a way. Ours is a faith of incarnation in which spiritual truths are revealed in the flesh. Indeed, it is the human body and all its materiality that reveals who man is and who he ought to be. And man in God's image longs for community. Humanity longs for community with, with one another. We see that again in Genesis 2. It's not good for man to be alone. The longing is good. It, it draws us out of isolation and into communion with others. We find that rather than, than competing with God, we, we can truly partner with him in his, in his intention and, and purpose and provision to engage with the good of the other. Some keys to incarnational love that I want to I highlight this morning. The first one is, is complementarity. I, I've talked about this a bit already. But essential masculinity and femininity is established in creation. Created first, man is derived from the soil. He possesses a unique relationship with the work of his hands, the ground from which he was wrought. His greater physical strength and arguably his his drive for significance through his work is is a a beautiful complement for the woman who's created not from the ground but created from the man that establishes her greater strength in the relational sphere, her capacity to bear life and to nurture it, to discern and to care for the tender needs of others. And so we see this the, the beautiful picture of, of man created for relationship, but also due to the curse that we, we see in, in Genesis 3. He's He's He's, he's bent into that need to dig in the ground, right? He's, 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 he's bent into that, that point of, of creation, that point of needing to, to, to work, needing to provide. How many men do you know, perhaps it, it, it's yourself, who, who strive to, to, to inf- enforce or empower an identity-based on the job that they work 80 hours a week at, you know that becomes the source of their identity, rather than the beautiful family that has been entrusted to them, rather than then the the life-giving relationships that that surround him in his community. And the woman created for relationship just the most powerful gift that a woman can bring is her, her, her thriving in relationship, her longing for relationship. Her place in relationship. She knows her worth through the beauty of relationship. But because of the curse in our humanity the most, most women today many women today find and, and strive for their identity in, in, in false and, and broken and, and really disempowered relationships rather than, than giving herself to the other in response to the good, healthy, loving male initiative towards her. She gives herself desperately looking looking to be loved. Show me that I'm good enough. I'll do anything to know that, that I'm loved. The complementarity, of course, leads also to commitment. And with... with the marriage commitment—it's—it's it's unlike any other relational commitment. It's not—it's not just a friendship. You know, we have—we have many, many friends. But the marital relationship between man and wife—that is the ultimate. That is the ultimate um, relational. Place of, of revealing the fullness of God's image. It's not the only place. But unlike any other relationship, the relationship between husband and wife comes with the gift of being able to give ourselves sexually, physically, to the other. And it differentiates every other relationship in that way. The gift of our sexuality is like a a signature on the contract. My body belongs to you, to no one else, only to you, for life. And unfortunately, what we've seen in in our our humanity and our culture today is where our bodies are given willy-nilly to you know whoever we're with on, on Friday night, whoever we can we can find, you know, in the, the dark of the night, and we 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 just destroy that that place of commitment. We destroy. the precious, beautiful um, intent of God's heart in creation. Committed to him, we can commit ourselves to the good of others while upholding our own needs and expressing them. The gift of Jesus in our gift-giving, we're not without resource. when another is not able to satisfy all of our needs. And we live in beautiful communion with God who gave all. He loved us first and frees us to love others first and to freely receive the good gifts that they can give. As singles... It's important to, to, to know and I want to make this, this clear that marriage is not the goal. Marriage is not the um, is not the, the special anointed relationship, but it does distinguish the marital sexuality does distinguish marriage from all other relationships. And any who engage in sexual practice outside of marriage violate the nature of that friendship. As lovers, we cease to be friends because we have disintegrated self and others. With chastity, which, which is, is really a, 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 a pure, Christ-centered pursuit of, of all that he has called us to as men and women in relationship with other, we, we pursue the good of, of his life within us. We pursue the good of, of upholding the good of the other. The, the fullness of the good that, that we are in and of ourselves is revealed as we maintain the boundaries established for us, as we maintain the commitment that, that we have made towards the other, as we walk it out um, through the power of his cry, of his of his spirit. I love how beautifully the Genesis account, God creating man and woman in His image, is revealed and and kind of brought full circle in Ephesians. 5 where it talks about how how the husband and the wife represent the the, the full beauty of the church how the the, the 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 husband and wife on earth represent beautifully the 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 bride of Christ you know the ultimate wedding feast that that we all get to to experience in relationship to to the Lord and it gives us a picture of, of what we have to look forward to. It gives us a picture of what we can, we can press towards in pursuit of, of his image being more fully revealed through us, more fully revealed through those we're in relationship with, and his spirit empowering us to take hold of the good gift that we are as men, the good gift that we are as women and the good gift that we are together. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I'm grateful, Lord, that you desire to reveal yourself through us. I thank you just for the unique gift that you have created each one of us to be. And I thank you how that gift is empowered, is revealed, is taken hold of as we offer it to others, as we receive the good gift from others. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would empower each one of us, you would reveal to each one of us, through our hearts, Lord, the beautiful gift that each one of us represents. And if you would, just place your hand over your heart and... Holy Spirit, we bless your presence with Mm. us, within us. We bless your spirit moving through us. The beauty the strength of your presence being revealed through us. And I ask that you, Father, would continue to raise us up into the gift that you've purposed us to be that you'd strengthen us to maintain the dignity of that gift, the beauty of that gift. Mm-hmm. And we'd continue to surrender it to you. And we pray this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.